0: And gentlemen, boys, and girls. I'm the Narly Gnome. This is cincy Brewcast, the voice of cincy Craft. It is hopefully your favorite Cincinnati beer podcast because, as far as I know, it is still the only Cincinnati beer focused podcast, which is crazy to me. There are tons of people around that have some really great podcasts where they talk about other stuff, but uh, why am I the only one doing this still? Somebody help me because I can't get everywhere in a reasonable amount of time. <laughs> I was talking to somebody the other day. Um, and w- was talking about how difficult it is trying to book shows at all of the places that I want to book shows in um, a reasonable time frame. And I said, well, you know, like if if I book a show once a week, which is what had the schedule that I keep, and I go to a different brewery each time, like it would take me a year to get to all of the breweries in Cincinnati before I have to yeah. start back over at the top of the list, which is not a bad thing, but...
1: Um, just not I, even I, including I, Lower Dayton and- No, no, so I, I You
0: guys, if you're thinking about starting a Cincinnati Beer Podcast Don't feel bad, start one because
1: <laughs> I can't,
0: I can't do it um, Speaking of which, this is one of those places That I haven't been in over a year um, I mean part of that was Because of the chaos that we um, Are Hopefully just now getting through that we uh, we're all aware of COVID um, Common Beer Company Hi guys Hi. <laughs> hey. We are uh, sitting back out on the the beer garden, um, which, you know, some of my favorite episodes as far as the ambiance of the episodes have been um, sitting right here in the beer garden. Um, It's just, I I don't know what it is about the the, the space out here. It just sounds so good. (laughs) Um, Glad to have you guys back on the show. Love to be back. Um, Let's... Before we kind of start diving in, I desperately need to drink a beer because it's been a long day and um, and and, and beer.
2: <laughs> From the beer and, um,
0: yeah, I, the uh, I can already hear the audio on all of my sound clips. is going to have to be replaced once I edit this show because it's clipping because my phone is turned up too loud. <laughs> Lord, I just so, keep making more and more work for myself.
2: When were you here? When did we do our last one?
0: I feel like it was
1: fall of 19 2019 yeah we were here pre-opening it. and then it was about a year later right around yeah, the second yeah, anniversary
2: we, our first anniversary
0: first. <laughs> yeah because because the the first episode we did was right before yeah. you guys opened and then the second one was right before it was like right around the same time of year but right before the anniversary that's right um how have things been
2: <laughs>
0: let's, let's drink a where, where am
1: I starting on this? Yeah, so we got a rainbow of flavors today um, All uh, newer Probably since you were here I assume
0: So the last time I was here uh, Yeah, that, I can't even I, It was definitely after we did a show I stopped in at some point within the last year But I don't remember it being During COVID either I don't
1: know. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> um, so we had a an extremely successful U.S. Open last year um, that yielded two awards, uh, a, a gold medal in the herb beer category and then a bronze medal in the Schwartz beer category. Um, but the gold medal kind of led us down a road that um, we were very excited to kind of dig into because it's not... Even though herbs are something that people use in beer mm. quite often, um, we kind of feel like we found a niche with uh, or niche uh, with the herb beer category. So um, we're kind of chasing that a little bit. Um, we have at least one or two beers on at all time that are somehow flavored with uh, an herb of our choice, whatever matches the style. Mm. Um, the one we're starting you off with tonight is a uh, wheat beer, an herbed wheat beer. It's called Dooley. <clears throat> which is named after one of our uh, favorite pets back in the day. Uh, it is a, a standard American wheat beer that we flavored with uh, strawberry and tarragon.
0: Ooh, that sounds interesting.
1: Yeah, so you're going to get um, tarragon on the nose, and then uh, you're going to dig into the, the strawberry, which, um, as those brewers that have used strawberry before understand, it's, it's a dual-purpose kind of fruit. Uh, where you get sweetness from the strawberry and the flavor, but also the seeds themselves provide a little bit of bitterness.
0: I was going to say there's a little little bit of a bitter kind of snap there at the end to kind of mm-hmm. clean it up. Um, Man, that's fun. Isn't it? <laughs> that is a uh-huh. really good summer beer. <laughs> I'm glad
1: you used fun. That's what Amy really wants. <laughs> yeah. if we want fun
0: beers. It is It is because um, you don't get a lot of the strawberry when you smell it, so it's kind of a surprise when you taste it and um You get hit with this big kind of fresh strawberry kind of... I mean, maybe it's because we're sitting out here outside, too. It it fits so well, but um, that's delicious. Thank you. I am a nut for strawberry in beers. I don't know if I've ever really talked about it. So... Soul Drifter is my favorite kind of artificial strawberry flavored beer that yeah. I that I drink a lot of in the summertime, and of course Squeeze Box from Urban Artifact. Right. Um, I put away way more of that than I probably <laughs> should um, this time of year. I'm actually kind of running low. So, um, well, urban, the nice thing Urban, about, if you're listening, you need to make that year round.
1: <laughs> there you go. Um, the nice thing about the the size system that we have is, from a cost perspective, using an organic strawberry puree. Uh, is something we're able to do just because right. you don't have to, you know, buy mass, mass quantities of it to get that really good strawberry flavor. So it's got an organic strawberry uh, puree that we get uh, from one of our distributors, and then the tarragon itself is a fresh tarragon that we use. Um, post boil, post whirlpool, and we kind of sieve, put it in a sieve, and let the the uh, the wort kind of roll over it, and then we recycle it in. Um, the first beer that we made was actually made with. The lavender plants that we're sitting next to um, in the back here, it was called homegrown. It was a lavender beer, and we learned from that beer that, you know, you really can't over-herb a beer. Right. It's not that <laughs> difficult. Um, so the, we then followed that up with the, the fly rod, which was a sage beer, um, and that's the one that brought in the gold medal at the U.S. Open, and so we, running on that, we decided to go with... Uh, to try out tarragon and strawberry just seemed like a perfect fit for it it's almost like a licorice whip kind of
0: really really good thank you um is there a difficulty and i know that sometimes you get this with with fresh fruit and things like that of um, trying to find consistency from batch to batch because of the fresh ingredients or is that not as a much of a problem with like herbs and things like that kind of
1: not so much with the herbs because you have a you're you're doing a single infusion of the herb itself and the herb because we're not using the actual solid herb um, we're drawing off just the essence of it and that essence really doesn't have a problem kind of permeating throughout the beer Um, we have had issue with using a puree before uh, especially when we're doing experimental beers where the puree doesn't really have time to really infuse itself throughout the beer Um, but when we do it on the bigger batch especially when we're using a puree uh, we find that it it really permeates throughout and holds right Um, the other thing that we, we try and avoid is, is doing anything with a biofine, which is what you do to clarify the beer because that tends to grab the puree and, and and actually drop it out. out. Yeah. So we, that's why the wheat is a really good base beer to do that with because, um, you don't really want to throw a biofine on a wheat because you want that kind of milky, creamy mouthfeel to it.
0: Well, and that's, you know, especially with, with strawberry and there are other fruits and things like that too, that when you put them in a beer, and you don't, you don't filter it out. You don't clean it up. Sometimes they don't look as pretty as some of the other beers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and again, I'll I'll call out Squeeze Box and Artifact. It is not the prettiest beer that you will find, but <laughs> you know it's you you pack some of those flavors in there, and and by not filtering or or putting Biofine or something like you're you're enabling those flavors to stay in the beer, and right. it kind of you know it's.
1: It's a, a balance. delicate balance of, it is um, a balancing act for uh, sure
0: of trying to uh to get what you want in there without uh without making it <laughs> something that people look at what the hell is this <laughs> i'm, I'm <laughs> eating <laughs> strawberry beer right <laughs> no I, I really enjoy this a lot okay um let's talk about so since we've been here last you guys have you guys have gone through a, a lot everybody's gone through a lot it's mm-hmm. you know COVID obviously made things a little uh a little crazy there for a while i mean And yes, it still exists. We're not denying that uh, um, we are still in a pandemic, but you can see the light at the end of the tunnel now. Um, As of yesterday, uh, hopefully, hopefully, you guys at this point can say we're going to be okay. (laughs) Oh, for sure. was there a moment there where maybe you, you, you weren't certain that you March were going to... March 15th, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we all remember that day very, very clearly.
1: Uh, <laughs> I don't remember it clearly, but...
0: Um, <laughs> I remember the first half of it clearly. It got, know, got, got foggy after yeah. that.
1: Yeah, I no. I, uh,
2: go ahead. I don't think uh, we were ever afraid we weren't going to make it. I think that probably the a low for me was when I didn't know if I wanted to do it anymore. There was a short period where it just became, it was not fun anymore. Right. It was scary. Didn't know what was going to happen. You didn't know if you were, you know, every person you talked to, were you going to get sick? Or was your staff coming back? It was just, so I think I had a, a blip where It wasn't that I was afraid we wouldn't survive it. I just didn't know if I would survive it.
0: Well, and I wonder, you know, if that is going to carry over for some people once we do even get through this. If people come back to this and, you know, everything from the way customers at some places handled walking in and being told they had to put a mask on to, you know, there's lots of reasons that you can look at this business very differently today than maybe you did, you know, a year and a half ago. And so I wonder some of the lasting effects of that on employees and owners and uh, people who kind of had to, uh, had to weather the storm kind of on that front line. But yeah,
1: just, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a weird, um, we obviously had a lot of discussion about how the population is going to react to uh, coming out of the pandemic. And is there going to be that lingering fear? Is there going to be that, you know, uncertainty of we don't want this to happen again. And um, it's, We've been blessed as, as a lot of the smaller breweries and even the bigger breweries with a very loyal and dedicated base of customers um, uh-huh. that truly were uh, concerned for us and wanted to make sure that we would make it through. And so we got a, just a ton of support, even during the shutdown uh, of people coming out. Um, they were very generous to our staff. Um, and making sure that the staff was taken care of and supporting us. And then when we reopened, um, we still felt a lot of that love. Um, I think it, it, they talk about, you know, kind of the pandemic weariness, um, towards the fall, um, and into the winter, you could feel that with our customers, uh, a lot of frustration, a lot of uncertainty as to, you know, why is this still going on? Why are we still having to, you know, even acknowledge the fact that this thing existed, um so that that would probably for me was the hardest point was when people wanted to see the light at the end of the tunnel but there just wasn't one to be shown right and when customers and and just the general population myself included that just became frustrated as to okay what are we supposed to be doing right now that was probably the hardest part for me for for me
0: well i mean because you know breweries and, uh, you know, the, the home delivery from a lot of places and, you know, all of that stuff became such a, almost like a lifeline for, for me at least where you're in the middle of all of this and you can't, can't even really go to the grocery store and feel good about it. You can't, you can't go to work and feel good about it. You can't like everywhere you go, you either feel guilty for being there or you feel like everybody around you is gonna kill you <laughs> or you feel like the people that are that are working there don't care about the safety of the people that are that are there shopping or whatnot um, except breweries I never felt that in any tap room yeah I would walk in everywhere and I mean they're, they're clean already they have to be yeah um, people are really good at cleaning that work on breweries and like it, it just became this uh, this little like this, this little island of, of relief you know you come in to pick up Chiquiti, a growler or yeah. something or you get home delivery and uh, you know those those people that were standing behind the bar you know a couple months ago are now you know pulling in your driveway with uh you know with a case of beer and like <laughs> it just it, it, it felt very good and like i i've developed so much more of a of a respect and a love for these local places that were able to kind of provide that for people during this and i you know, I think it's going to go one of two ways. I don't think there's going to be any middle ground after all this is over. People are either going to be terrified and not go out the way they used to or it's going to be like the roaring 20s and everybody's going to be running down the streets without pants on and, you know, with our Dora cup in one hand. Like it's the, I, don't, there's, I don't think there's any room for middle no ground. Pants,
2: no pants in a Dora cup.
1: And and uh, and video phones. It's going to be a right. lot of
2: fun. I think we should name a beer that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it just, you know, like everybody is just so ready for something else and uh, – I don't, I don't know I'd, I'll be riding down the street without new pants on I can yeah. say that
2: <laughs> Well, and so that I think for me we keep having these little milestones right so now we're going in a better direction right right so we keep having these little things that happen that are positive and June 2nd is a big deal right right everyone is really really excited and I love that because I think it's it's a it's just a positive thing that we haven't had a real positive. Maybe when the curfew was lifted, right? That was yeah, yeah. That was a good milestone, but just it, that was
1: a double edged sword, though, for bar owners. To be honest with you,
2: it was. We're like, I used to be home by midnight, <laughs> 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 well, well,
0: and, and also trying to trying to then figure out. And, I, and we're going to have this for a while, I think. But like, what is what is your a normal Friday night going to look like? Right. What is it going to look like from one week to the next week, depending on what's happening with numbers and all kinds? Of, like, it just you could never really get like a good grasp on what anything meant oh, it's like oh yeah the curfew is yeah. lifted but are people gonna
1: be out yeah i can tell <laughs> you they that, did not no and like it we've talked about this as well the two of us and other you know restaurants and bars around us like pretty much all the data and all the trending that you're doing in 2020 you just need to throw away yeah because it, it it's it was such an unusual time and and so many different mandates and referendums and everything that the data is just not even usable at this point. You can look at it truly as a forest instead of a tree to get an idea of any kind of projections or anything else. Um, Definitely when the curfew lifted, there was a, there was a pop where people were like, yay, we get to stay out till midnight. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of those people were like, man, I'm exhausted (laughs) at midnight where I'm used to being home and sleeping um
2: and we'd be packed at 4 in the afternoon yeah so people were coming out earlier lots of day drinking it
0: also like it felt like it was for some reason it feels safer sitting and drinking during the day, but it does at <laughs> night. <laughs> like it's Bad things it's, it's at crazy, night. but like you just you you felt like oh like suns suns down. I don't know what's gonna happen now. I need, I need to I need to get home where it's <laughs> safe and get back in my yeah. cocoon. And
1: yeah, we even have regulars that said it was kind of cool to be sober. You know, going you know going to bed right because they're they'll still stay up till midnight one o'clock at home, but they're not trying to find a ride home trying to get an uber home yeah, I,
0: I drank a whole lot more being at home than i did
1: uh, <laughs> previously we consumed
0: a lot of alcohol in my house it, you know it also like it didn't hurt that you know in the middle of the pandemic we had a baby so we were already stuck at home and you know your sleep's already goofy and you're not working because you know and i know that a lot of people were laid off and that kind of stuff but you know paternity and maternity leave and all that kind of stuff so we just we weren't working you're getting paid and you're just you just hanging out and just drinking all the time yeah. you know, if, you're, if i'm waking up at 2 a.m to feed a baby and try to walk him around the house to fall back asleep, hell yeah i'm cracking open up beer. Yeah. <laughs> and if my four-year-old was a pain in the ass today it's probably something a little stronger than beer
1: <laughs> um it's definitely gonna i think we definitely are seeing a change in the drinking habits of oh yeah. people for sure and um i don't necessarily i'm, I'm not upset about it um you know, we we only stay up until midnight, even pre-pandemic. So when they lifted the curfew, we were basically back to business as usual. Um, but the crowds were definitely thinning quickly. You right. know, 10, 10 30, the crowds were thinning a lot more. Whereas before, we would get a big pop at ten thirty, eleven o'clock of people coming out trying to get, you know, kind of wrap up their night. And now that the nights are being wrapped up around 9, you know, 10 o'clock and then right. people are heading
2: home. So, But that's COVID. like we can't compare anything to 2020, (laughs) right? So that, that means like, who knows June, let's see, the second is a Wednesday. So Thursday, the June 4th and 5th, Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see what it's like.
0: Well, in the the CDC posted today that that. if you are fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask anymore, anywhere. um, Unless there is a local law or a business tells you you have to, that kind of thing. But um, it's, it's, it's not, doesn't exist anymore,
2: you yeah, know, and like a,
0: you know, it's there. are Going to be a lot of people that that's their that's their their green light. That's all right. It's safe again. I'm I'm going back out. Well, the big thing
1: for us it is that opinion. we no longer have to tell them no, right, regardless mm-hmm. of whether they've been vaccinated or not. As of June second, knock on wood, uh, it holds steady. You know, the responsibility of the business has now been lifted right. to police. The population, which is a huge relief for us. And Mm -hmm. five
0: of your customers might be millionaires after all of this and uh, have a whole lot more spending money for beer. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Speaking of beer, let's drink another one.
1: Okay. Uh, The next one we have, number two, is the Knee, which is an homage to Monty Python, the Holy Grail. Uh, It is an Indian pale lager uh kind of light on the hop we did some dry hopping on the back side of it but um
0: we've been sitting out here in the sun too so there's a touch of skunk
1: (laughs) yes yeah after after a while obviously it starts to do a little turning on you but um knees just light refreshing you're going to get some hop presence on there but it's still a base lager which is just a really solid beer
0: i don't know if it's um partially because of uh, the pandemic and having some extra tank space and stuff we have seen so many great loggers in the last year. Yeah. And I know you guys were kind of, uh, kind of starting to dabble into that a little bit, a little bit before the, the, the pandemic, Mm -hmm. you were kind of starting to kick out a couple of them. Um, this is really good. Thank you. Really, really nicely done. Appreciate that. You know, you used to, a good logger used to be a very rare thing. Um, Mm -hmm. even in a city that is so fantastic as Cincinnati, there were some around and they just, they weren't that great. And so you still, you know, it takes a lot to, to brew a good lager. It does. And well, we've got all these great breweries now. Like mm-hmm. it's starting to just become like almost like a, Oh, of course they have a lager. you you
1: have to, right. <laughs> why wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, we actually have three lagers on right now. Um, oh, the black, the or two color. lagers. We have the stay golden, which is a golden lager. Uh, and then of course the IPL that you're having right there. So, and we, it's now become part of the routine. Um, a lot of the ingredients, especially the yeasts, have have evolved to where lagering isn't as painful or right. time consuming as it used to be. Um, so it, it is opening up the doors for breweries to to go down that road, and there's a lot of demand for them. Um,
0: it still has to be a little bit difficult <clears throat> to, especially on a smaller scale like you okay. guys are here, where you're you're trying to maximize that time that a beer is not yep. in a tank. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. Um. The fact that you are able to work that into a schedule is is impressive to me. Thank you. Um and I'm yeah, we're, gonna, that, we're gonna glad that they're
1: good. <laughs> we're gonna keep on it too. Uh we definitely wanna have a couple loggers on it at, at all times. Um Getting not getting away from the ales because the ales are obviously very popular and and we enjoy drinking them as well. But um, like I said, with with improvements and evolution of ingredients and and things available, lagering is becoming a much more viable thing for even small breweries to to accomplish. There
0: is a a weird shift that I've noticed with drinkers, and I don't I don't know what the reason is, but um, to Lean heavier into some of those more easy drinking styles versus maybe a, a giant, you know, triple IPA and you know, uh, you know, it, big giant barrel aged, you know, uh, you know, fourteen percent whatever, which is still great. But I feel like the uh, um, the average drinker is leaning back into kind of something that's just nice and easy yeah to drink and that's and... a lot
1: of that has to do with <clears throat> the population now being more attractive the general population being more attracted to the craft brewing industry as well you're bringing in this this moderate this middle right. of the road drinker now that is you know open to coming into craft breweries, whereas before you know they just wanted to hit their local watering hole and get the standards the you know the big domestics which is great um, but now that that population is coming in, A lot of that need to do, like you said, the barrel aged and the triple this and the quads, that um, it's good to have. It's good to have it as an option. Um, But we're seeing the the more approachable beers um, to that moderate population are selling a lot better, a lot faster. Um, But the nice thing is, is that's giving the breweries the ability to get creative with even that style. Uh, so you're gonna, st- I think you're gonna start to see in the industry a lot more of the standards, if you want to call it that, but with the craft brew flair on it. Um, so we'll be able to get creative, but still with a stay within that moderate, you know, kind of approachable beer.
0: Well, it's it's fun to be able to show people that you can make a a light log. We'll, we'll just say it, you know, an American light lager, you know, the style that has been bastardized for so long. Yeah, that you can make that and do it well, and make something that still has flavor and that still is fun to drink Absolutely. And, and, and and do it in the way that is that is craft beer and 100%. Um, it's, it's fun to be able to show people that um the last time we were here you guys were in the middle of a transition uh mm-hmm. as far as the brewing side of things go right um people had had moved on and uh you guys were kind of hunting for what that next oh my phase goodness. would be wow that was a while ago <laughs> yeah So
2: we, we hired him in september
1: yeah, 2019. Of
2: 2019, so you must have been right before that.
1: Yeah. So, for those of you who don't know in the industry, we uh, we were extremely fortunate to have um, a you know an experienced brewer. He,
0: so he's his, and I'll, I'll let you kind of explain who he is. But sure. his brewery uh, was one of the first in the Absolutely. Cincinnati area. Something that people don't even you know, realize for, for, for lots of reasons. It was, you know, kind of out there.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, go ahead. Yeah. I, so, um, I, we was, I was in here on a Saturday. We had posted the job. Uh, we had a number of people apply and had gone through several different interviews with some very talented brewers. <clears throat> and then this, this gentleman comes in with his wife and introduces himself and hands me his resume. And I was fortunate to have a, a friend of mine, uh, who's a brewer here in the area um, there that day, and of course, we were extremely busy. And so, I looked at my friend and said, Hey, do you mind sitting down with this guy for 20 minutes or so and, and just talk to him? Tell me what you think. So, we talked to him, and, and it was probably an hour before I could get back to him. And the uh, my friend looked at me, and as he was walking away, and said, This is your guy. I mean, you got to go with this guy. So, sat down and talked to his name is Brandon Ney. For those in the industry that, that don't know, he, he owned Quarter Barrel which started out in um, the Oxford area and then expanded over into Hamilton. <clears throat> and he was, at the time, kind of looking for a, a way to stay in the industry. Um, unfortunately, didn't, fell in kind of tough luck with half barrel or quarter barrel. Um, so he was very eager to get jumped in uh, and, and get to brewing again. And he's been with us since September 2019 and is absolutely slaughtering it. I mean, he's just an extremely talented, very dedicated technical brewer. Um, that is slowly learning um, through uh, Amy and I talking and doing these different brews to get very creative with beers. Um, he like myself is very married to you know picking a style and sticking with that style right. um, but as you can tell by the beers that we have now we've we've been able to start putting some creativity and flair around him but um, Brandon's been awesome for us he really has
0: It's been fun because I think a lot of people, in the cincinnati area didn't know a lot about quarter barrel when it was open because it was in oxford which is um it, number one when class is in session it's miserable to try to do anything in that town <laughs> and number two it's it's a little bit of a drive for a lot of people to get out there and, and to to drink a beer um it, when they were open um it, from my understanding it started out the brewery was almost a way to get a license just to open a bar. And it was kind of a, an afterthought. And then over time it just kept kind of developing and kept kind of growing and 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 getting a little more serious. They never brewed a lot of beer though, because it's a college town. (laughs) right? And so I, I feel the point I'm getting here is I feel like a lot of people locally didn't know about him as a brewer.
1: Absolutely. And
0: him, you know, and, and, not that, you know, you want to say, you know, somebody's somebody's brewery closing is a good thing. But him getting on at a place like this where um, you guys are just hitting this stride where people are starting to realize that you're here and mm-hmm. you t- take this very seriously, mm-hmm. you know, to to have him kind of come on board at that same time, I think, opens up this this window of people figuring out who he is and then kicking themselves for never getting out a quarterback. <laughs> yeah. <else open. laughs>
1: yeah it's funny i I, uh when we were considering opening um or even just starting a brewery um uh, a friend of todd who owns the wildflower he was actually on our first podcast with you um he and brandon had worked together in the past and he knew of quarterbarrow and had been up there because todd had actually gone to oxford for a minute as well Uh, and he said yeah you mean you need to go look at this guy's system it was a smaller system up in on oxford and he said it was a beautiful system too uh he said you need to go look at this because they're really not they're not using it as like a brewery wood but they're developing these really cool beers that they're serving in quarter barrel um so you should go take a look at it fortunately i never got a chance to go up there but um it's interesting all the connections that brandon and i and and amy and i have, have discovered that we have and we didn't know existed um but like i said it's it's definitely, we've gone in a different direction uh, with Brandon coming on board. Um, extremely happy with him, extremely talented. Um, and, you know, just love to have him here and kind of move forward with, with everything that we're doing here. So.
0: Well, it's neat to see when different, especially in a smaller place like this, where you can see actual, like, changes when when a new person comes in or, or, or leaves. It You know, it, it's fun to see how the personality kind of infuses itself into what you're doing and who you are. Like that's, you know, you, a new brewer comes to Tree, you're not going to notice because right. it's, you know, it's, it's a machine. They're going to adapt to Tree, Right. Um, so it's, it's fun <clears throat> that that is a little different in a place like this. And that's kind of what makes this, what it is, right. That's it's the, the personality of, of everything that, that exists within this little, uh, this right. little, this little universe.
1: Well, and he is definitely, he is definitely absorbed, and and we have absorbed him and and just kept going so it's like i said it we were very fortunate Um, the timing was just perfect for both brandon and us to get him on board um and it made shows i mean since he's been on board we've won a couple awards and you know we're very excited about getting back into the competitions again this year um just seeing how we do
0: is he still making a braggart?
1: Uh, Yes. So right now the Mags 59 is is dropped because we wanted to give it a rest. Um, But we're ramping it up uh, in July to get ready for the uh, National Honey Beer Award uh, competition.
0: So there was something that I was never familiar with until my first trip to Quarter Barrel. um, Mm -hmm. Braggots and and Meads and things like that. And um, It's still really hard to find places that make something like that. Yeah. (laughs) And so... Um having something like that here is uh is really exciting to me. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah.
1: and
0: I think I without looking at my calendar, uh next week might be a mead show. Maybe oh. when you're listening to this, maybe if my if my dates are right in my head, which is
2: dysfunctional a- delights? Mm-hmm. Oh good.
0: Yeah, we've been trying to get that set up for a little while. Yeah, so. they're good people. Great people. Um let's drink another beer.
1: Sure. Uh the next one uh following on the U.S. Open, this is our gold medal award winner, which is uh, the Dark Cloud. This Dark Cloud won't get me down. Uh, we designed it um, right about the time COVID was was you know kind of hitting its stride. Uh, so it's a black lager, um, also known as a Schwartz beer. Uh, so this one took... Schwartz beer. Schwartz beer. Schwarz beer. Um, so this one took Chase gold. Chase
0: will be happy that I... Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh no, this one took bronze. I'm sorry. Bronze at yeah. the U.S. Open. Uh, we've made certain tweaks since last year we're definitely entering again this year um, it, it's one of my favorite styles it is
0: I struggle trying to figure out what my favorite style is mm. i I love English milds just because you can drink them all day long all day long um but Schwarzbeer like that that mix between the roasty kind of dark notes and then that lager character that easy drinking yep. you know, Poundability, uh, what drinkability, what is uh Crushability, I think crushability, is the, the current. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it. Uh, it's it, to me, it's like the perfect balance between everything. Yeah. And um,
1: it's a it's a it's a, it's a very dark uh, colored beer, but extremely light as far as like body and feel. You get that roastiness, you get the chocolate, a little bit of coffee. We're hearing from some people, but I think it's more the roast. Yeah. Uh, but you're right; it is still a light bodied beer. That's you could drink you know, all day.
0: Sitting outside here too with the light coming through, you get a lot of those kind of ruby notes yes. to, that probably when you're sitting inside, you don't get to mm. see. It's just, it's really, really pretty to look at. And yeah,
1: um, also really fun to drink.
2: I'm going on a beer run. Yeah. What do you want?
1: Um, I'll do the dark cloud. Okay. Now they really got me, got me back into it.
2: Do you want anything else? No, I'm okay. Okay.
0: Um, so when you guys are talking about kind of what the next thing you want to make is, how does that conversation happen? How do you guys how do you guys figure out where to steer the ship? Is it is it based on um, what people are saying when they're sitting at the bar? Is it kind of a, um, I've been wanting to play around with this. That's interesting. I, this? I, I'm,
1: I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that every brewery would have a, a similar answer. Um, we try and keep um, a, we call it the rainbow. We try and keep the rainbow as diversified as we can on our taps so we have 13 taps Um, we like to keep a a wide variety of beers styles colors um you know whatever it may be uh so that's that's usually where we start well we we start with you know what do we need to refill what do we need to back up because we have we had four standards now we're down to three um the lord's prayer which is a west coast ipa the come together which is the esb Um, and then it was mags 59 and I think we're going to roll back to that, to brag it. Um, so we start there, um, outside of that, it's more of, you know, what style is missing on the rainbow? What are we getting ready to run low on? Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to chase that style. We're just going to chase that That,
0: category. yeah.
1: Yeah. So if, if we're running low on a, on a dark beer, we may go after the black lager, um, if we are running low on a light beer, that's where we can get into the wits and the wheats and the, you know, the loggers and the pilsners. And
0: what are some of those kind of overarching styles that you tend to or, or categories or however you want to Yeah, it?
1: so, um, I, we, we like to have a, a, a light lager on at all times. Um, we will vary between pilsner and, and wit, um, we like having a, a, a fruited or a, a, an herbed wheat going at all times. Um, we like to have a porter or a stout, one on at least. Uh, we rarely ever go beyond one or two of that style just because it's uh, it's it can be kind of an inch beer, especially when you're not in quote-unquote season for right. those dark beers. Um, but as we were talking about earlier, it used to be like, let's look at the ale. Let's look at the ale rainbow and see where we need to go. But now... The loggers have started to to kind of make themselves known again. Um, so, a lot of it is just kind of what do we want to make? Um, you know, we we put together an order today, and it was we really aren't. None of the standards are really in need right now. So, it kind of gave us the ability to just kind of get creative with it. Um, but I will say the overarching principle is ensuring that there is a rainbow of variety. Flavor. There is a variety <laughs> of beers out there. Um, definitely a, a light, definitely a dark, but everything in between that is kind of just, you know, whatever we really feel like making. Um, you have the Irish time, you know, St. Patrick's Day, you got have an Irish beer, um, Bach during box season, those kind of things. But otherwise it's, it's really, it's up to the creative minds. Um, Amy uh, has a ton of input. Um, she definitely has her pulse on the, on the customers and what they're, asking for or you look at trends, you look at all this other thing, but, um, it, it comes down to what sounds like fun to make.
0: Is there anything that's been kind of in the back of your head? They're like, I'd really like to do that. just never kind of gets put up there for various reasons. It's
1: interesting. Uh, not to date. I mean, most of the things that, that we've wanted to experiment with, we've had the ability to kind of approach. We, we haven't had a, a, a goza on in a while. So we were talking today about getting one of those going again. Tis the season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but no, I, I, I'm, I assume I'm a lot like other brewers. I, I pretty much will drink anything you put in front of me. Um, there is a, we've never done a barley wine here except on an experimental level. And we're, we just, brewed one on Tuesday um, collaboratively with narrow path. Um, so we're very anxious to get that going on. And that's a style I've never made before. So that was kind of fun to kind of chase. Um, the other thing we've started experimenting a little bit with is doing split batches where we'll do a base beer and draw off, you know, the heavy sugars to make one style of beer mm-hmm. and then pull off the lighter, you know, the lighter wort to kind of chase something else. Um, so we have started doing a little bit more of that. Again, not something you do in a homebrew system because you've got only five gallons you're working with. Um, But on a bigger system, we're able to do that. So we started to do a little bit more of that. And it's really not to extend, you know, the styles that we have, but more of to find out what's best and what works. And, you know, if the the quote-unquote table wine, the lighter style comes off and it's very popular, we'll chase that next time full-time.
0: Well, it's fun to me, too. I don't know how true this is now versus maybe years ago when, when craft beer was still New to a lot of people, I think everybody kind of understands what it is now at this point. But um, to sit down at a bar, you know, when that was a normal thing too, (laughs) you know, to sit down and and talk to the bartender and be like, "Oh yeah, this beer," you know, came from the same batch as this one. Kind of, kind of explaining that process. Right. I think it kind of it it illustrates kind of the process better to me than than other beers might because it talks about you know you talk about those sugars coming through and how. How that plays into the uh, you know to the to the end result in front of you and yeah um, I, so I think stuff like that is is, is fun the the, the party guile you know whatever you wanna yeah. call it it's it's neat stuff
1: it is and it it it's kind of a it, it's a great opportunity for a brewer uh, you know to kind of get creative and and really kind of expand their their own palettes and their own experience their own you know skill set um, and it also gives you you know a, a, a pretty safe way to experiment with something that right. you may not have done or wanted to try on the big system. Um, so yeah, we're, we're starting to, to do a little bit more of that where we're, you know, experimenting with seeing how many different things we can get out of a single, um, brew day. Right. Um, but anyway, in answer to your question, our, our overriding principle is let's keep the rainbow as creative and as um, approachable for any style of beer drinker that comes in. Um, yeah, and then from there, it's just, you know, what do we want to do next? Uh, th- this herb sensation that we've kind of h- hit into for ourselves has kind of opened up some doors that we didn't even know existed.
0: Well, you were you were talking about kind of going back to a, a goza again, mm-hmm. and you talk about doing herbed beers too, and that gets my mind going into some so throwing some other herbs into a goza. Yeah. Something that I don't think I've ever seen a lot of done, if if ever off the top of my head. I can't think of, you know.
1: See, now you've spurned um, a new category
0: for me. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of really fun stuff that, that could be done there. Um.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we and, and that to me has been kind of the, the chasing that herb beer with the success that we had with the fly rod. That's really spurned us to start thinking extremely creative of going into the kitchen cabinet and saying, all right, what style of beer would this really be good with? That's the stuff that like
0: is fun when you walk and go back to the the fun category, when you walk into a tap room and like, yeah, a Pilsner is great. An ESB is great. Like, you know, especially if they're, if they're done good, right? you know, like that's, that's fun. But you know, to see something that you haven't had before is to, to me, way more fun sometimes sure. you know like just to to that that exploration the thing that makes you want to order a flight instead of just sitting and drinking one beer all night long you know and just i oh, have another pint of that you know like it yep, something that gets you excited to just keep trying different things yeah and, we
1: we went away after when covid hit we went away from our experimental uh under,
0: under, again 2020 doesn't count
1: yeah exactly <laughs> um but we have a lot of customers, especially the, the, you know, the craft beer nuts that come in and they don't care what's on the experimental tap. If there's one on the tap, just give it to me. Right. Well, uh, no, you know, it, it, I, a pint's not going to kill me. I'd, <laughs> I'd love to try whatever you got.
0: There's, you know, there's a downside to that too of ignoring kind of those those normal styles. But uh um, you know, I'm I'm definitely guilty that when I walk in a place, you you all right, what's on the that I haven't had before, right. I'm getting that, I'm getting that, and that's, you know, that's how you you choose a beer a lot of times.
1: Well, and like we talked about earlier, we're starting to see
2: That's what I was saying.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we're we're starting her, to see that moderate crowd come in. That was an I told you so. Yeah. That was an I told
0: out. you
2: so, look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's great. Like the arms, the eyes. Uh
1: that moderate crowd that we were talking about earlier, um we're starting to see them starting to get more experimental with things as well, you know, where they would normally come in and just chase the golden lager. Right. They'll see something up there, or we'll turn them onto something that, like to, for instance, the IPL. Um, we're seeing a lot of the normal lager drinkers that absolutely love that beer because it's not overly hopped. They're not, it's not gonna kill their palate, it, they're, but it's a unique flavor, and they do feel you, like they're experiencing the craft beer.
0: Do you think throwing a, uh, a style on there like IPL, do you think that turns off people as much as it gets people excited to try it.
1: Well, that's why we keep the rainbow. Well,
2: you, you know, know, I have a lot of times where you know, you get the person, what do you have that tastes like a... Uh... Right. And I will say, okay, I'm going to give you three tasters, but I'm not going to tell you what they are. And they'll be like, oh, you know, no, no. I wouldn't like, no, try them, tell me which one. And it usually is like the knee. Yep. Or, um... Oh, it doesn't matter. There was something before. Well, we get
1: people to come in and say, oh, I, I don't like IPAs. Well, that's
0: that's my fear is that somebody doesn't
1: order something because they think they're not going right. to like it. Right, and that's how you get around it. Is... I love giving
2: just a little sip of
1: yeah. Yeah. something and we, we,
2: saying, I'm not going to tell you.
1: I can't count how many people have come in and said, I don't like pale ales, and we'll throw the muzzy in front of them, and they're like, oh, this is awesome. I'll take this. What is it? <laughs> well, it's a pale ale. <laughs> like, what? And so it's kind of cool because the next time they come in, they have now expanded their palate. Right. And they're no longer afraid of, a, of it, at minimum, at least getting a flight that includes a few pale ales, whereas they didn't think they would even enjoy it to begin with. Right.
0: Let's drink another beer.
1: All right. So, um, wait, I
2: brought you this because I, I just looked on your list. And so this is the Savvy Mingle. Oh, yes. And it is um, made with or brewed with um, Sauvignon Blanc juice. Ooh. Bright? Yeah, so right. it's a
1: base saison, so you're going to get the clove, pepper, banana flavors to it. But then we also added uh, Sauvignon Blanc grape juice and then uh, actually added some oak spirals at the end of the fermenting process to kind of get that Sauvignon Blanc dryness. Ooh, yeah.
0: yeah, it gets that little tannic kind of
1: Exactly. Ooh, nice. Yeah, and that, one's, uh, that one, again, it's one of those ones that people would look at a list and say, there's no way I'm going to like it. But when you mysteriously or secretively throw it in front of them, they're going to get it. We had a woman last week who, who, uh, when I told her about it, she's like, no, not interested. And by the time she left, she had a growler because she wanted to go finish the night with it. So yeah, That's fantastic. Thank you.
0: That's one of those ones that uh, sitting out in the sun, like in the afternoon or something. I could put a lot of that down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Oh, and it's real low. It's an 8.9%. Yeah, so. I was going to say,
0: Have but you fun shouldn't. With that. Well, and, and a lot like uh, a lot of wine. Like, you know, you open a bottle of wine and you're sitting out on the patio. It goes down way faster than it probably should. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's fun.
1: Yeah. It's Thank the, you. I the, love the fact that you're using that word because it's, that's her word. It's <laughs> the,
0: the, the word of this episode is fun. We're going to yeah, make a fun. drinking game out of it at some <laughs> point. Yeah, I like that. Good. Good. Um, going back to kind of what we were talking about with people coming in and kind of, I don't want to say forcing them to experiment, but kind of tricking people into experimenting. (laughs) Right. Um, if we can kind of take a step back bigger to the kind of craft beer world at large, uh, seltzer, how, how do you feel about seltzer? And, and my bigger question that kind of got me thinking about, which we always talk about seltzer on the show, but, um, they got me thinking about it is, I feel like seltzer is hurting that in a lot of places where somebody walks in and they just say, I I don't like beer. What do you have? Oh, we have seltzer. Here you go. Yeah. See you later. Instead of that, try this, try this, try this. Are you sure you don't like beer? You know, maybe you just haven't had a beer that you do like. So like kind of taking away that uh, experimentation for a lot of people. So
2: now we don't, we don't carry seltzer. Now we do carry Sparkling Spirits. Right. From Kerican. Kerican. right Because mm-hmm. we we try, anything that we carry that's not ours, we try to carry something local. So it's not seltzer. And I tell everybody that. I'm like, this is not, truly, this is not White cloth.
1: <laughs> they they
0: classify the way, a seltzer when it's convenient
1: for
2: them. I, <laughs> I personally
1: like seltzers a lot, especially when I'm golfing or, you know, out on a hot day. I love drinking seltzer. I have nothing against <laughs> seltzer <laughs> because for me it's not—it's—it's it's not heavy. It's you still got some flavor. You're not going to get obliterated on it, but you're still going to get a nice feel. Um, I, I'm assuming your question is going towards making it or it's just in general having in general. it available. I mean,
0: yes, I want to know about making it and, and why. Again, the argument that I've heard from places that are making it is why am I going to sell somebody else's sparkling spirits over my bar when right. I can fairly easily make something comparable that people will enjoy? Well, and we don't want to way.
2: give up a tap, right? We only have 14 taps. One's already taken up with CO2. Right. So we don't want to give up a tap. Um, I'm not going to pay to can it or bottle it (laughs) it and then sell it here you know so personally i have no interest in making seltzer
1: Mm -hmm. neither do i
2: or or but again the sparkling spirits when i sell that have you ever had their stuff of course it's delicious i love that the blueberry and the key lime the key lime Right, and you put we put an ounce of vodka in the blueberry. There you go, <laughs> or an ounce of vodka or an ounce of uh, tequila in the key lime, and so then it becomes almost a cocktail. Right. So and by
1: the way, a very good cocktail.
2: Yeah, I always say it's like a skinny margarita.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but no, I I would say <clears throat> so when we when we open, I think we talked about this on our first podcast. Uh, we did get the A one A, which allows us to. Um, not only sell liquor, wine, and other spirits uh, like seltzers and ciders and things like that, but it also allows us to have other breweries' beer on tap if we if we ever did that. Um, but having that option is invaluable for our customer base because right. we're getting we're getting people that would have no interest in a brewery coming in here because they know they can get a glass of Sauvignon Blanc, they can get mm-hmm. a seltzer, or excuse me, a sparkling, a sparkling spirit. spirit, they can get a cider. Um, and so for us, it's going back to the rainbow. It's, it's giving enough variety for anybody that walks in the door. They're going to have an option. Um, I will say that people normally come in chasing the cider or the seltzer truly aren't interested in the beer side of things. Right. Um, so that's why we want to have the option for it. And I'll, I'll sell to them all day. Um, I just want them to have a, a great experience here and want to come back. Ultimately speaking, that's the goal of, of, of having a bar and more importantly, a brewery where you're creating that community where everybody is welcome and everybody has an option.
2: Well, and normally those people have some beer drinkers in tow. Oh, absolutely. Right. <laughs> <They> Actually,
1: <laughs> it's usually the other way around, right, yeah. where the beer drinker has them in tow. <laughs> um, but you'll see that switch sometimes. We've we've got groups that are steadily coming in or consistently coming in that will only drink wine, and they'll come here once a week because they know they can sit down, and have a really nice bottle of wine or a good bottle of wine, and have that great experience of. You know being at a bar right
0: um well it's different than it's different than a bar like if you know the mm. the atmosphere of a bar <clears> and and i guess if you are a a drinker of of you know wine or you know you you don't have a lot of options for places like this around right. you know there's not wineries all over and, and you know right. like they're around but you know like you don't have you don't have a tap room that you can go and like sit and 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 you know be part Socialize of that, that community and, yes. kind of aspect. Like it doesn't really gonna, exist.
2: I have to plug my neighbor, so the Wildflower yes. Cafe. He is quite the wine room now.
0: I've seen so um, tomorrow when we're recording this, you know, it's this posts after we're recording it. So back in time, um, my wife and I were going out to dinner tomorrow, the first time that we have gotten to go to dinner just the two of us since. Before, the second kid was born. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we 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 had this this big anniversary dinner plan. This was like twenty nineteen, okay. And we were going to go to Sato, Soto, however you pronounce it. Oh, we were just there the other day. Um, incredible place. We were really excited about it. We had reservations, and then the day before we went, she found out she was pregnant. <laughs> so she can't eat those little, the the, the Ricotta donuts. Oh. Can't eat those. Wait, can't, wait,
2: wait. Can't
0: drink wine. Why yeah. can't
2: you eat donuts?
0: It's because they have the cheese in them, and it's there's certain types of cheese that you're not supposed to because it's, I don't know, like, like you can't have blue cheese or something. <laughs> you're not supposed to.
1: <laughs> that's new. Some people. Uh, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> yeah, whoops. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> either
0: way, she couldn't drink wine. <laughs> right, 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 well, that's right. That's huge. Right, right. Yeah. Um, So we had this. So the last that was the last time that we got to go to dinner, like just out, and she couldn't really even enjoy that one. So um, tomorrow we were planning on this big dinner, and I'm like, "Where are we going to go? Where are we going to?" Wildflower was the top of my list, but they closed too early. Like I'm like, "Oh shoot! Like I don't know that we can get off work, get our shit together because we're a little crazy these days, right?" (laughs) And get over there before they close. But it was
1: very top of my list. Yeah. So. Th- thought that counts
2: you have to do so, uh <laughs> take out or something sometime yeah I, yeah I
0: love that place
1: yeah and he's uh his a lot of his format now is take and bake uh, so you're getting the same meal that you would get if you sat down but you're that's getting, i was eating instructions mm-hmm. to i was looking on the website it. and yeah. stuff and
0: seeing kind of how he's shifted and kind of but it's <clears> the wine adapted
1: shop.
0: yeah his, his wine shop
1: <clears throat> i mean he's always had an amazing selection of wine but um it, it's even expanded now uh the retail side of the wine has expanded immensely over there so and then we also have uh, to plug another neighbor we actually have mio vino which opened up um, down the street that is um similar in that nature where you can actually get a flight of wine oh that's fun yeah it's small pours of wine Um, it's more of a social sitting not necessarily sitting and having dinner kind of atmosphere Mm -hmm. Um, and we haven't had an opportunity to get down there yet but we've had customers that have really enjoyed the experience well and
2: wildflower does yes I'm not pulling anything away from well, and wild, if we're gonna if we're gonna plug wildflower and we have to plug Chuck at Edessa absolutely for, for cocktails but we have to end it there like done
0: you can't plug the pleasure in Here. too <laughs> oh, oh totally
2: absolutely because from
0: everything I hear it's one of the best uh, neighborhood is, dive bars oh, in the uh, it is 100%. amazing
2: when we used to close you know what are we gonna call it now like like we can't say BC because that's used. Like B Cove or P C
1: pre Covid. Pre COVID, yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, but then you're the P C yeah. So like <laughs>
2: so do we call it like I think B Cove or something or B Cove Cove. Pre
1: nineteen. Whatever.
2: <clears throat> we would close it's the before times. The there before times. Before that thing. We would close the brewery and we would rush to close up. And we would walk over to the PI because they used to stay up until two. And we would have people, regulars, that would still be here at midnight. They would wait for us us to get done. So you take out the garbage, you do this, you do that, let's get this shit done, and we're going to go to the P.I. And then we would go close the P.I. I love the P.I.
1: It is truly one of, (laughs) it it is a great neighborhood dive.
0: Still, I've never been there, so Uh I've heard good things, though. It's amazing.
1: All right, next beer. Drink another beer. All right, so the next one is Muzzy. So this is um, a pale ale. It was a... It was a first attempt at doing a hazy, uh, and as you can tell by the clarity on it, we kind of missed on the haze it's, side of things. There's some haze there. There is a little bit of a haze, but um, we did much better uh, on the next round. So uh, Muzzy is a, a pale ale, you know, tropical, Pacific kind of flavors to it. Um, low ABV, very approachable beer. Um, you know, you're getting hops, but you're not getting bitter hops. You're getting more right. fruitful, fruit. ho- fruitful hops. Um, this one's a really good seller. Um, people seem to enjoy it and they can drink it for a long time. And
0: It hits a lot of those those notes that you want from a, a hazy or a New England or whatever you want to call right. it. Got that softness and then the fruit. And, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: It's fun. We just, we, yeah. <laughs> drink. Fun. Um, we, just, we struggled, as a lot of breweries do, we're finding out. We struggled maintaining that haziness, the actual visual quality right. of the haziness, whereas... You close your eyes and you drink it. You're thinking it's a hazy, but you look at it and it's just clear. But um, it was so popular, regardless of the visual effect of it. This is probably the third or fourth time that we've made it, and it's it's always one of our better sellers. Yeah, I enjoy it. I,
0: you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I,
2: <laughs> but no, I just mean I didn't realize it. Never mind. Okay.
1: <laughs> I, you know, for I, an after podcast discussion. <laughs>
0: I always like sometimes going back to that discussion before about when you walk in and you're like, what's new, what's new, what's yes. new, um, you know, sometimes a pale ale or something like that kind of slips through the cracks with me. It just, yeah. you know, I am not a huge hop head. Like it's not where I, where I lean when I'm looking at what I want to drink. And so you couple that with this, Constant quest to try the next thing or the thing that I haven't had. Right. And sometimes you miss out on stuff like this, and this is this is good.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a light, fruity, you know, real good mouthfeel kind of uh, kind of beer, and I I, I love this beer. I, I I have since the day we made it, but considering we were going for a hazy IPA and missed the haze, it was a little disappointing, <laughs> but... Uh,
0: the haze is there. It just might not have been as hazy as yes, you wanted. Yes,
1: absolutely, absolutely.
0: Have you seen a shift in um, in your your drinkers as kind of you guys have been here for a little while? Maybe you're helping to educate people around about you know craft beer and kind of show the different sides of that. Um, and I don't know necessarily what drinkers were like when you opened. I've heard from a lot of people when they open their doors that there's a lot of people coming in looking for Bud Light. And as time goes on, oh. that maybe that maybe shifts and changes.
2: I think they've just yeah. I thought you meant did we educate just people on craft beer. But no yeah, at the beginning we had a lot of people that walked in and said, I'll have a Bud Light
0: I mean and know. I and I assume you still get that, but has that changed? Like do people are you noticing more that people are walking in knowing Absolutely. kind of what this is versus
1: when you? Yeah. In, instead of the question being is uh, the question being I'll take a Bud Light, the question is Do you have something like
2: What do you have that tastes like? Uh, yeah,
1: and you know that you know. Yeah, <laughs> just
2: something else. Like they before, know they shouldn't
1: say something it's. you didn't make. Yeah, but before the expectation was what you're going to give me is a Bud Light. Now the expectation is what you're going to give me is your brew is gonna make but it's gonna to hit this. me there, right? It's gonna it's gonna hit what I'm looking for. And that's that's why that, that golden lager, that uh, that Pilsner, those things are starting to sell, people are no longer saying, give me a Bud Light, it's what do you have that's similar with the expectation it's going to have your flair on it. So yeah, it's that's definitely a, a change.
0: because um, and I wonder if that's just kinda across the board as far as craft breweries go, just in general, people are kind of understand it more now or yeah. if it is an area by area thing or uh how long has the brewery been here for people to kind of understand um i don't know
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's weird we're, we're obviously having been here over two and a half years now people know we're here which is half the battle it's
0: also very different now when you guys opened your doors it, Mason's craft beer uh, community did not look like it does today.
1: Not at all. You know? <laughs> not at all.
0: Uh, whereas you, you look at it and like, oh yeah, like that's that's a destination. If you live somewhere else, yep, you can come up here and you know within ten to fifteen minutes, there's uh, uh, what five or six breweries probably you could get to in, well, in just 10, ten minutes.
2: Grainworks to sixteen lots to us, it's we're all very very close. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then you, Saunders then is you down throw the road.
1: Saunders, um, you narrow path that's real close, Cellar Dweller up north. Um, you know, we, we're it's Dog a destination Berry. thing, yeah. Dogberry's really close by, and uh, yeah, so that's it's we are we, we, have, we have enough of a variety up here that you can come and spend a night and still hit you four can to spend five the night breweries. here, right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> well upstairs. not yet not we yet. have the cots upstairs <laughs>
1: sleeping
0: behind the lavender yeah exactly
2: <laughs> we you're <always> j- welcome <laughs> to it <laughs> you know we have the second story here uh-huh. and we joked when we were still in the build out and people would say what are you gonna do with the upstairs and I was like I might just line it with cots. Yeah. And then it's like 25 bucks to spend the night if you can't drive home.
0: It's the worst Airbnb ever. It like,
2: <laughs> it's more of a hostel.
1: And well, we still want it to be a community
0: feel. <laughs> yeah, right. Airbnb is way, uh,
1: way, way more
0: uh, upscale sounding.
1: Yeah, uh, exactly. The
2: neighborhood hostel. <laughs> yeah. under uh, Above the neighborhood brewery.
1: But anyway, back to your point. Um, I have seen, I think we all have seen um, the the maturity of the beer drinker in Mason has changed. Uh, And not just Mason, Lebanon, uh, you know, Loveland, obviously, Westchester, like all the areas around us, the the maturity of the beer drinker has changed significantly over the last couple of years. And, you know, obviously you've got the craft brewer industry as as a whole, but just the local craft beer options and and the availability of it has has allowed that to occur as well.
0: Well, I mean, you you also get areas like Mason where you have these very different breweries that fill these different kind of needs for what people are looking yep. for. And, you know, to, to have a place that is a neighborhood brewery where you, you walk in, one of the owners is there, you know, yeah. there's somebody to talk to, there's, you know, you can come outside and it's somebody that lives down the street that, you know, it's a different feeling than, you know, and I love, love mad love Ryan guys, but you don't, you, you don't get that. You know, it's,
1: well, it's, it's tough different. for them to recreate that, and but you, you they, can't recreate it. Yeah, though. and they they have they have a great uh, space that they're they're meeting. They're they're meeting sure. a demand that's there, mm-hmm. and 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 Sonder, uh, although not as quite as big as Matry, but Sonder fills that niche out here in in Mason. And Sixteen Lots is, uh, you know, more of a community based, a little bit smaller, but still two times the size of us. Right um we are unique in that space out here um narrow path is very similar to that although narrow path i was just talking to chad the other day and he was talking about how the path creates such diversity in the in the clientele that comes there that yes he has his regulars but the predominant population that comes in there are people people in spandex (laughs) exactly (laughs) That drink Gatorade beer. There's a lot of um, lot of
2: crazy things oh, you'll see yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, so
1: it's he has that size, but interestingly enough, his population is, uh, for lack of a better word, transient. You know, they're right. they're they're not necessarily one and dones, but they're certainly going there th- for a different reason.
0: I think that's really neat, though, as as a beer drinker to watch and to see how how that uh, how that, that 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 room for a brewery kind mm-hmm. of changes like you can take the same brewery the same the same idea pick it up and drop it somewhere else and it's a whole different type of atmosphere and it, it grows very differently and it mm-hmm. evolves into something different because it's filling a different need yes even aside from the size i mean size plays a big part in it too if you, you know, if you throw a big you know 15 barrel system in a you couldn't fit it, but, you <laughs> know, but, but if, if, if on you guys, some duct tape, holding it up, um, you know, like it, this would change by the very nature of that. Yes. It would, it would also change if you, you know, moved five miles in any direction, it would mm-hmm. change what this place is. And so, you know, seeing what it's become and um, what it's going to become over time is, 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 fun to watch
1: It is, and it's it's fun to be involved with i i think amy and i have these these discussions all the time that what we've created here is exactly what we envisioned creating before we opened it's um you know like you said if someone comes in here they're either going to know someone that's here or they're going to meet somebody that right. just happens to oh my god you live four doors down from me and i've never met you before and we get that on a daily basis mm-hmm. with our customers.
2: It's actually happening right now. There you go.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, and it's, it's you, you build that that loyalty base, but more importantly, we are known as a, as a community, a, a Mason brewery. Right. And so you're coming in here, your expectation is you're going to see people that live in Mason or are thinking of moving here or have just moved here or whatever it may be. And you're gonna run. You will know somebody that that when you walk in the brewery, guaranteed.
0: I want to go off of that here in just a second, but we need to drink another beer. Okay.
1: So the next one is named Zummy, and the reason it's called Zummy is that it is in somewhat of an anagram of Muzzy because we actually (laughs) hit the haze on this one. So it's a different uh, a different set of uh, fruits that you're gonna taste, Um, but we actually were able to retain the haziness of it and. Uh, make that that uh, New England IPA that we were looking for. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: It so same hops, different hops, different hops. Let's say it's it's very very different that yep. that that flavor profile, but. Um in a good way yeah <laughs> like oh it's, absolutely it's, uh,
1: well we didn't want to recreate now, but now, I'm like,
0: now I want to like, which one do I like more and then it sends me into the struggle now
1: <laughs> well what's interesting is when we released Muzzy uh, two weeks after we released Muzzy the number one, number two and number three beer best sellers were Muzzy and Zummy so even though it's we were you know there, there are different hops on it um, same mouthfeel one has the haze one doesn't um but all of a sudden we're thinking, oh my god, maybe the pale ale is making a resurgence and coming into the spring and summertime, maybe this is something we should look to have available for people. But um yeah, the Zummy, obviously an anagram, you know, using right. the same letters. And that was one of um Brandon's brainchild to name it excuse me, name it that. Um right. that is more to the New England uh, you know, style. Um and I, I, really like that. That's one of those refreshing beers that I'll, I'll yeah, definitely good. put into the, the lineup when I'm here drinking, which is never. So I, you know, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I understand how that
1: works. Yeah, exactly.
0: Oh. I lost my train of thought where we were at before.
2: Wait, I was going to tell you something. So, or add something. Um, you were talking about the, the changing of your crowd and, um, COVID, a positive, from COVID. Mm-hmm. Was that there were a lot of young adults who were home from college because either their dorm was closed or for whatever reason they were living with their parents and their parents were bringing them here. Right. So we had a lot of young people coming in who normally probably don't spend $6 a beer.
1: Right.
2: And um, learning craft beer who now come in. Regularly. Yeah
0: where there also a lot of parents that maybe didn't frequent breweries before but had been at home with their kids all day doing remote learning that just <laughs> <Maybe>. needed <laughs> to oh, uh, go oh, somewhere for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah
2: yeah yeah You're go. <laughs> for sure a lot of people would be in their laptops here <laughs> like it's, i think it was like when one parent would get home yeah, the, the one the who was would, home all day was like peace out um, <laughs> <and they're> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> so do you do you see kind of as things keep evolving and things changing do, do you see the same idea that you had from from day 1 still kind of carrying through as craft beer changes and evolves and
1: um, you mean as far as conceptually what we wanted the brewery to be yeah yeah i think if anything we've solidified and and validated what we were trying to do before we opened the brewery our customer base is validating what we had what hoped to accomplish with the brewery. And it's, and it's growing, which is, uh, what else can you ask for? I mean, business becoming more popular and more known and, and, and growing, um, still holding that, that feel that we wanted to create, that environment we wanted to create.
0: Is there a point in that growth that you think that the, the, the growth of the business could be detrimental to that idea?
1: It's an interesting question because um, I, mean, I mean there is. I would almost if, say if the you, opposite.
0: If, if but if you grow to the point of a of Ranggeist, if you right. guys, if next year you guys are in the top fifty of uh, you know craft breweries in the, in the United when? States, I mean <laughs> when it's going to be different? <laughs> well, well, we don't
2: we don't have to change unless
0: there's just a big giant warehouse back here that like it just the inside still feels the same. <laughs> just,
1: well,
2: it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, we, we don't have to change that though. Yeah,
1: we we get asked that question a lot. You know, what's the next step? Where, how do you expand? How do you grow? How do you... At this point, I think that we are very happy with what what we have as far as a size is concerned. Uh, well, we, well, hold cool. on. Okay. Hold on. We <laughs> we definitely want to expand the, the availability, the retail space. I'll just right. say it plainly. We want to expand upon the retail space to be able to get more people in here. But I don't know how motivated we are to then grow the business, you know, the size of the system, the size of the, I I just don't know if we've even gone down that road yet. I think the first step we want to do is make our area more available to more people. It's, and then we'll see
0: from, from what I've seen with other places and not always, but it seems like there's this, this, this ladder kind of effect that goes like you, you have, this thing and it starts growing really great, mm-hmm. and you wanna you wanna increase either you know tap room space or you wanna grow a brew house or whatever it is, and so you take that, and then that opens up this other side. And like right now, we need to bring the other thing back right. up to that next, and then it just you just keep it's a leap this us. this 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 process of growing and then eventually things don't look the same as they used to. change that used to look, it's changed. It feels see, not that it's bad, but
2: we don't want to leave here, right? Um, Unfortunately, we have a city that does not work with us, right? Like, Mason's known. They don't give a shit about small businesses. But we have opportunities to grow right here.
1: Within our own footprint. We can go
2: up. You know, we can. We have space. So I think. I feel like we both know based on other. Either breweries we've seen, or restaurants, or even just any kind of business, that once they move from where people were comfortable, and they go to this bigger space, you can't you can't recreate you can't what retain. you had.
1: You can't retain that.
2: And we worked really hard to to make this feel like this. So I have no desire to ever.
1: I love how she's looking at me as <laughs> yeah. she's saying this. Like, <laughs> I don't know about no, you, I, but <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like. I'm I, not going anywhere. I think that's what I think that's kind of what I'm saying as well. I, I, we wanted to create this kind of space. We've created it. All we want to do now is make it available so that more people can enjoy it. Right. It doesn't necessarily mean that we're gonna buy four properties next to us and blow it out and and do you know this huge thing. I don't think that that's what we want. Right. And it, you know, some people would say that's short-sighted and blah, blah, blah. But, the, you know, the main goal in life is to find something you like doing and do it. And we found that.
2: And right. sustainability.
1: Yeah. We've we found that. So why are we going to mess with the...
2: The groundhogs? Oh, nope. no. It's
1: the dog
0: oh. Dog very happy.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moms over
2: here are throwing. Yeah, they're Booking. throwing.
1: <laughs> so I, I think that, yes, we want to grow... But we don't want to change because this is what we wanted to create so
0: one of one of the questions that i always ask a new brewery when they first open is how big is too big Mm -hmm. because there is that point yeah and if you don't if you're not like conscious of that point for your business you'll you'll pass it up and then you'll look at it one day like this isn't what i wanted Mm -hmm. like this is not the same thing and uh, what you guys have here is is absolutely beautiful and it's 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 perfect and uh, if you decide one day that this is not perfect and you mm-hmm. need to grow into some other thing, I, I, that'll be perfect, too. But, you know, that's the, the, from what I'm understanding, that's not what you guys know. No, to. <laughs> no.
1: And, and I think that's what we meant by uh, we don't envision that. And we're not we're not looking to do that. I. I 100% appreciate what Sonder does in Tree and enlistments and, so and all of that. Sonder's
0: Sonder's a great example though of yeah. of of an idea of growth and where they want to be. Exactly. And it's it is who they are. It's part mm-hmm. of it's from day one. That was their one, opening gate part goal. Part of day one. That's that's where they got Tree Absolutely. from well maybe not Mad Tree. I think that they kind of got caught off guard with how big things could get, but Ryan Geist from day one, they it was a path of growth. It was like we're going to keep growing this thing.
2: But also remember, it's just the two of us. Right. We don't have, right. we are the only owners, 51 and 49. So we yeah. don't have investors and, you know. Right.
1: It's we, we will be hands-on owners at all times. And when you get to a size, and I've had conversations with the bigger breweries, when you get to a size, there there comes a point where you're no longer hands-on. Right. Um, and I don't think that she and I ever envisioned not being hands
2: on way too controlling. No, I
1: don't necessarily want to work 80 hours a week or I'd rather drink 78 hours a week, but, um, no, we, we will be, this is what we wanted. Um, I, we certainly want to make it available to more people, but we don't, we never want to get to a point where we've, we're having, you know, director's meetings, <laughs> Um, where we're trying to find out what happened, you know, two weeks ago. That's called dinner.
2: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) We were open for probably six months. And there was, I don't remember, I I bet it's a regular now. I don't remember who it was. But he said, you guys are so nice here. You're so friendly. Everyone is so friendly and you're so welcoming. And he said, don't lose that. Because so many places start out nice and then become dicks. And he's like, just be nice and it, i i said i can't imagine mark and i
0: but that's the it's because you know right now and not that it's going to ever change i'm not saying right now is it, it will be different but um you know when you when you open a place like this this is this is your place you mm-hmm. this is it, it is a reflection of who you are and who you want this to be some places become a bar some places become mm-hmm. a just a tap room, a place that, you know, people are just coming in and they're a customer and you sell them what they want and then the transaction is over and you're on to the next one. Right. That transition sometimes is very quick, sometimes it's very slow, but it's it is, it is a, it's a transition with places like you see it happen. Right. And that's that point. Not that people become dicks, it's that what's happening in that space changes if that makes sense it, it beca- does it be- it, mm-hmm. beca- it becomes a transaction
1: um, it, and that's that uh, and i think before we opened or as we were opening that's the term that was used you you're either uh, you're either a, a transactional business or you're a customer business and we didn't open this place to be transactional right and and again it's it's not a knock on any brewery or any Any business that does that, it's just, it wasn't what our model is. And it's not any, it's not a model that we want to change out of. Right. So there may come a time, to your point, there may come a time where we realize that we're leaning towards a transactional and we may have to adjust to get away from that. I'll
0: send you an email if it happens. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I came in and I was a transaction. Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) Well, the good news is we are, our whole staff is our original staff.
0: It is. And so that's... It's fascinating to me to as as some other businesses that that are more customer based, non transactional businesses as they grow and you start bringing staff into a place, trusting that people are uh, like minded, that they understand what it's about, that they believe in this place the same way that you do, which is really hard to do. Very. It's
2: nearly impossible. Um,
0: it. it you know. <laughs> It's difficult for me as, as another control freak freak to, uh, to trust anybody with something that I, that I have that owner, that it's, it's it's my thing. And like, if somebody else is, is taking part in that, nobody feels the same way that I do about it. Yeah. Yeah. We've been,
1: we've been very fortunate. The staff that we have, um, was well taken care of during the bad time um, but more importantly um, we've learned what they need and what they want out of what they do here and they know what we want out of uh, uh, what we want our customers to experience right. out of here as well and it's it's been a phenomenal time building relationships with these people um, and and we've gone through staff I mean we we certainly we had a much bigger staff when we opened um, but it very quickly pared down to the people that were like-minded or at minimum buy, were buying into what we wanted right. to provide. Um,
2: and then once once we got down to the staff we have now, we realized we didn't need any more. So we didn't have to rehire and replace the people that either we asked to leave or left.
1: Yeah, we were very fortunate. Yeah. We started it's- off big and we whittled it down to the to. to basically the the people that wanted to be here and we right. wanted them to, to, to them to be here that makes so, a
0: lot of sense actually
1: yeah and I don't I don't I can honestly say I don't think we started out thinking that way <laughs> I, I truly I think we were we were staffing to what we thought we needed uh, and it just worked out that we were able to retain the people that wanted to be retained right um, mm-hmm. as we grow the retail space yeah we're gonna need more staff but We've been doing it long enough now to where we'll be hopefully be able to call out to people c u l l um <laughs> the people that do come in and want to have jobs will be able to 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 be smarter about it instead of just looking for a body
0: well and you've you've got enough staff around you now that can kind of say that this person this person right here is exactly what we need to help us right. you know do oh do for sure what we they do. would
2: call them out yeah <laughs> oh definitely.
0: Let's drink another beer um, All right, and wrap so, things up because we're over time. Not that there's an woo-hoo. actual time.
1: All right, so the last one that I poured for you is called In the Tank. So In the Tank is a uh, Belgian double, double, uh, very true to the style, um, high ABV, just a full body, full flavored Belgian style beer. Belgian is, this, that style is definitely one of the ones that Brandon loves to make and even You know he he loves drinking it as well, but um, really hit that one solidly. Um, It's a it's a pretty good seller. It's high ABV, Uh, so it's not one of the ones that people are drinking all day. But the people that dig into it will stick with it.
0: It's really fun, guys. Yeah, so So my in the last uh, couple years, I've been quoted as saying I don't like Belgian style beers. Uh Oh, I. Think that I can safely say at this point that that is officially just not true anymore. <laughs> because every time I drink, I'm like, oh yeah, that's good. Yeah. There's there's um, that like, kind of on par with like a uh, you know a German Hefeweizen. Uh, that there's banana going on in there. Yep, there's uh, man, that's
1: tasty. It's complex. That <laughs> it is tasty. Yeah. And I actually I do want to tell this story because I love telling. Speaking of staff. So the reason for naming it in the tank is truly one of my favorite stories about our staff. Um, so Amy Mishler, people here know her as red because we have way too many, way too many Amys here. Um, so our redheaded bartender, uh, we have a sign behind the bar. Names are always more fun. Too, yes, absolutely. So we have a sign behind the bar that's basically alerting the staff as to what's coming. And so we have two columns. One is called In the Tank. The other is called uh, Rack ETA. In other words, when it's going to be available. And the first night that she saw the sign, (laughs) she asked one of our other bartenders, um, so what kind of beer is in the tank?
2: What is a Rack ETA? What is a Rack ETA
1: and what kind of beer is in the tank? (laughs) And immediately when we hear the story, we're like, whatever beer is next is now called In the Tank. (laughs)
0: And that's, you know, also the comparison between bigger places and smaller places. I think like the, the naming of beers uh,
1: um, get asked that is all the so
0: time. so fun at smaller plate, like the, the the freedom to kind of not have to run it through a marketing department and get you know some kind of approval for things, and like it it just it's it, it reminds me of. The excitement of early craft beer experiences, sure. you know, like that uh, you, you walk in and there's there's some goofy named beer and you're like, but I'll take one of those. Yeah. And then what is it? And where did that come from? <laughs> yeah. You know, it so just starts that conversation.
1: The angry naked
2: would have never made it never. to a marketing <laughs> <laughs> department.
1: And by the way, just for clarifying, love Red to death. She's awesome. She's a great bartender. She's a great server. People love her. Um, and the next
0: time you come in, ask her what's in the tank.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, it's, it's interesting you say that because when um, before we opened, um, the owner of, of um, Rock Bottom, not Rock Bottom, sorry. Um,
2: Rock Mill?
1: Rock Mill uh, was over at the Wildflower. I was still doing home brewing, and he asked Todd... If I could bring over a couple of beers that he could try and just give me some feedback. So I brought him over and I brought him over a, a couple of the ones that I, uh, I don't think any of them actually made it here. But anyway, the first beer I pour, I pour in a little glass and he's holding the beer and he's smelling and he's like, this is really good. Here's a, here's some pointers. And he looks at me and he says, so what's the story? And I said, well, and I start listing out the grain bill, the hop, you know, the hop bill and everything else. He's like, no, no, no. What's the story behind this beer? Why did you make it? Why did you pick the style? And why did you name it the way you named it? And I looked at, I was frozen. I was like, I I don't know. (laughs) Um, And he said to me, that's what is going to sell a beer. Obviously the quality, needs to be there. You need to be on style with the point or on point with the style, but people want to hear that story. And a big part of that story, like you said, is the name. Like, where did that name come from? Tell me the story of this beer. And I'm not saying it would actually sell the beer, but it doesn't hurt. And people love it, hearing it. Can. That. Oh, 100%, 100%. It can. Oh, hundred percent. hundred percent.
2: It it's also a conversation. Well, it that, is.
1: But
0: that carries into everything about a craft brewery. You know, when you when you're starting a brewery, anybody that is listening to this that might be thinking about starting a brewery, the first thing is figuring out that's that story you know yeah. who are you and, and and what are you and if you don't figure that out really quick you're gonna have a hard hard road ahead of you yeah <laughs> because you're gonna have to figure it out as you're open and you're then you're gonna have to you know re-educate people of who you are right uh, places like this from day one you know exactly what it's about you okay. know you know the story you know the people you know the beer before you even try it. You like you know what this is. That's not the case for everybody, yeah. and um, the fact that you guys have not only managed to open a place that has that from day one, that you've managed to keep that and dial it in and let it let it grow a little bit and evolve a little bit, but still be true to itself is extremely impressive. And thank you. Um, something that I enjoy a lot. Well, today. we're still we really still enjoying even, so. it as well. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's very fun. And we're very excited about June 2nd. Oh,
2: oh June 2nd. Oh, <laughs> so
1: looking forward to June 2nd. Yes. My beard is going to be so happy <laughs> to not be suffocating oh, in, a, in a in a mask. <laughs>
0: Accessorizing for people is taking a, uh, a, a big, you know, uh, a big loss, not being able to uh, match okay. your mask to your, uh...
1: yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. It's okay. <laughs> I, we hope the people that went down the, uh, the manufacturing of masks earned their money. Because yes. hopefully they will not yeah. have to do it Or they it
2: saved it well. They, they invested yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> they invested well.
0: If there's anything that you could tell people about the common that you think they don't know, what would that be? Uh, We
2: have amazing beer. Well. We do.
1: They know that, are No,
2: but. Word is is getting out. It's getting out, but it took a second.
1: It it did. Uh, We
2: were very beaten up at the beginning.
0: Yeah, I think that's, that might be the way it's supposed to be, though. Like, I think
1: that that helps. But
2: I feel like ours kind of stuck. For a minute, it was that. Yeah, S- it word. took a
1: while, and especially being new to Mason um, and new to this area, I think expectations were very high. Um, and just being honest, we didn't really meet those expectations. Um, we have evolved, and I would say if there's if there's one thing that we tell people, if you've tried us and you didn't really enjoy it come back and try us again, right. because I guarantee you will. We guarantee you will. The, the, the beers are getting national recognition. Um, the experience that people are going to enjoy here is one that they will want to come back and do again. So if you've been here before, Come back and see us again.
0: <laughs> even even if you came before and you liked it, come back. Yeah, you, you'll still
1: like it. We'll still be here.
0: <laughs> well, I I love what you guys are doing here. And Thank you, sir. I Thank can't you. even tell you how much I appreciate that you have become a part of this thing that is Cincinnati beer because you are an integral part of it, and I hope a lot of places... Take a look at what you're doing as they are getting ready to start or um, getting ready to grow.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you for coming again.
2: Thank you, yes. It's It's always good to
1: see you.
0: If you like the show, if you like any of the shows or any of the things I do, you can always support it by going to thegnarlygnome.com slash support. I should probably mention that in every show, but I don't because I'm really bad at this whole thing. Um, Huge shout out to this month's sponsor. I I hate calling the Sponsor this month's person who backed at the sponsor level, we'll put it that way, which is Brett Coleman Baker of at Urban Artifact. Um, so go check them out. Online store. You can get beer to your doorstep without getting off of your couch. It's pretty awesome. So Thank you, guys. Since cast, the voice of Cincy Craft.